Welcome to the Misfit Messengers podcast, hosted by Jenny Moffitt and Amanda Hoshite. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to another episode of this fabulous podcast. So if this is your first time visiting, thank you for joining us. I don't know how you found us, but we're excited that you're here. Uh, We are in the midst of a series. We just started it last week, so you're, you're in good You're in a good position if you've just begun, if you've been here forever. Well, welcome back. Thank you for jumping on this wonderful train called the Misfit Messengers podcast. We're in a series on the book of Nehemiah, but specifically looking at it from a leadership development perspective, looking at the book Becoming Nehemiah by David McKenna. And so here we are on week two talking about Nehemiah. So Amanda, how are you doing tonight? Oh, me, I'm always great. I, so for something I was just was thinking, we've only just begun. Anyway, but um, <laughs> that's not important to this. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we actually haven't dived into the book except for the concept of the book um, from last week. But um, yeah, I'm doing good. Um, I feel uh, good when I've actually read it. So I feel like it's <laughs> a good place to start <laughs> on these. Uh, I mean, I always read it. No, that's not true. Right. Oh, but, uh, always. <laughs> At some juncture, you always read it. I Whether guess you read it before we record or afterwards. <laughs> or during. Or no. during. No, that hasn't get, happened. Get a salient point from one of these things. <laughs> <laughs> that has never happened for this podcast. I cannot say that about other endeavors I've been a part of. <laughs> there was a thing called college or yeah. school, right? <laughs> yeah. Hang on, I'll get there. I remember <laughs> back in college, I had to uh, translate a lot of texts. I, I studied a lot of language when I was in college. And so there would be times when we were supposed to have pre-prepared a text of scripture from Greek or from Hebrew, and then come to class ready to talk about it. And I would be sight translating, which <laughs> sounds like it would be an okay thing to do, but not if you're not a well, like, you have to know your stuff to cite translate a text of scripture. And so I'd be, you know, okay, let's look this out. Okay. And just trying to fake my way through, uh, which worked when I was in a group. It did not, however, work for many of my classes later in my college career when it was just one-on-one with me and the professor, you can't fudge your way through a site reading um, with just you and the prof doesn't work out. Our, our current core, we have two congregations at our current uh, church. Um, English, which my husband and I lead, and then Spanish, which are, uh, there's two other pastors that lead that. And once a month we come together. And so we alternate. So if, if my husband and I are preaching, they'll translate it, the sermon into Spanish. So you get it ahead of time and vice versa. Well, my fervor first time um, translating, I don't speak Spanish, except for very few words. And, uh, and so I'm, I'm trying to keep cadence. But then uh, I'm done about 20 minutes before she's done. So I'm trying to like, like you said, just keep translating, even though I've ran out of script. So, <laughs> which it worked. So I mean, you're actually translating. You're reading a script that they gave you. Yeah, like their sermon, you know. Yeah, and so yeah. okay, <laughs> interesting. I was like, you're not staying to the script, which is fair because, like, I completely don't either. So, I mean. I guess you get what I've learned now to do better about being very, very prepared and realizing not to, uh, cause I don't always say on my script, but 
Gosh, I I have a hard time with uh, being being translated, been interpreted like that because I never, I don't stay on script at all. And so if they're going by a script that I wrote that I won't use, it's not going to end well. So I, I can empathize with that. It worked out. I just reiterated, you know, the points and hopefully, unless anyone right now is listening and now you've heard my foibles from uh, my congregation, but uh, hopefully people didn't notice too badly that I essentially probably did the sermon twice. You know, but uh, that just reinforced the That's salient nice. points. Bringing it back home. It's probably what, what the Spanish side of things were doing anyway to to yeah. reinforce. Yeah. Okay. But be prepared. That's the that's the opener for this. You never Gosh. know what the Lord's gonna do. And it, then, it, okay. So you said be prepared, and that immediately takes me to Lion King and Scar be song. Prepared, yeah, right? which is the one of the best villain songs of all time. It is. And you know it's actually sung by two different people because really? the guy who played Scar got sick or something happened to him, and they had to switch him. In between, but they had only half done that song. So that song is actually done by two different voice actors. Now I'm going to have to go back and listen to that song. Disney trivia. There you go. There you go. See the fun facts that you learn to know and love. (laughs) (laughs) Or don't care to know. I don't know. If you've made it this far, sometimes our introductions get a little like this, friends. But it's what we do. It's one of the reasons. Um, Either love us or hate us. That's generally how this works. So. But back to Nehemiah. Back to Nehemiah. I'm always, why am I always the one that brings us back? Probably because. Um, have you met me in any way? <laughs> I am not, I am not the keeper of the, of the order. I'll tell you that. Fair. I just no, bring the charm. The charm and the hilarity <laughs> and the singing, apparently. Although I, I occasionally sing you, as well. Yes, you do. It's terrifying. I've been there. No nonsense. So last week we started just kind of introducing this concept of the book and then also the uh, this person, Nehemiah, in the Old Testament, uh, who's a cupbearer to the king. We spent a lot of time kind of talking about what a cupbearer was and his butler to the king and how he got this news of the destruction of Jerusalem, how it wasn't new news that the, that Jerusalem was destroyed. It had happened actually decades before, but that in Jerusalem it's still... The, the wall of Jerusalem was still destroyed. It hadn't been rebuilt. And just the the turmoil that was happening there as a result of this wall not being there and protection not being there for his people. And, and Nehemiah, in his spirit, knew something had to be done. And so he kind of gets to action here in a little bit. But it's interesting. There's some characteristics that David McKenna pulls out to talk about Nehemiah saying that uh, you know he's got some characteristics that you know as a leader you know we were talking before we we hit record that sometimes being a leader doesn't look like we always think it should mm. right sometimes being a leader isn't just hey i'm in charge now and everybody needs to listen to me right that authoritarian sort of individual that would be the king mm-hmm that Nehemiah works under Artaxerxes. He would be that authoritarian leader right. who what he says goes because he's the king and that's that's his positional mm-hmm. authority. But you can be a leader and have other characteristics that kind of 
line up into place when a situation arises where you need to step into a role because you see a need for that to be filled. And I think that's where we find Nehemiah, right? Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily that he is seeking to be a leader, seeking to be in a position of any sort of authority. It's just Nehemiah sees a need. Jerusalem needs a wall. And I'm, you know, part of him probably is like, maybe looking around for somebody else who can, who can do this? Cause I, I know for me, there's lots of times when I see a need and I'm like, oh, can someone else, can, can someone else do this? Can, can I just find, I'm just going to go. <laughs> and then, and then usually God has to say, no, Jenny, you saw the need because I, 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 I gave that need vision to you. Like I opened your eyes to see it so that you can step out into faith in obedience and fulfill the need. And that's where I see Nehemiah's shining example is he steps out in faith. He steps out in obedience to do a thing that needs to be done. Make yeah, sense? And, yeah. And at the beginning of his story, right? He doesn't, I don't even think he really realizes what his his role is going to even end up being oh i agree There's i don't no think he, could, he knows until right? he gets to jerusalem what his role is going to be right which was actually making me think too so like you know he has never been to jerusalem right, right? he was born in captivity he doesn't doesn't really know how to, this thing is going to play out but god is he just plays, I don't know, 3D chess or something. You know what I mean? Where everyone else is playing Chinese checkers, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like God position, like, saw Nehemiah's position and almost like an Esther for such a time as this kind of thing. Yeah. Where you brought to this position, right? Mm -hmm. Because, so the author talks about this a little bit in the chapter, but almost the ludicrousy of having an in subjugated person even be your cupbearer you know because because in this in this scenario Nehemiah's people the Israelites are oppressed are are subjugated right they are servants for yes. servitude slavery essentially right um so to have somebody from an oppressed people group be in such a position of like that the king is vulnerable because right he tests their food right yeah. so if, if anyone's gonna do him harm it would have to go through through the through the cup bearer if it's gonna if it has to do with poison or anything mm -hmm. but so even the fact that he has even been appointed into this mm -hmm. is already has you know fringes of the divine on it but it's just so primed and ready you know and it makes me think of like sometimes we can come up with this idea so so nehemiah hears about this right and he talks to the king but the but the king is like ready to receive it yes which makes me think god is doing this whole behind the scenes stuff mm -hmm. and weaving this through that all 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 Nehemiah had to do was 
notice like tap into what's what he's noticing right like you said mm-hmm. well i i had you notice it right like that's the thing like that's the thing i'm doing having you notice well yeah, it, it speaks to nehemiah's character right right for him to get the position as cupbearer he had to have shown loyalty to the yep. to the king loyalty to the kingdom of persia uh it would have shown him to be a man who could take direction and mm-hmm. and be under authority and that he was a person of integrity a person yeah. who and he could do all that without compromising his faith in god because right, right. the persians didn't hold yahweh god this the lord of the israelites the god of heaven and earth as mm-hmm. their god right the persians were a pagan culture had different gods different uh pantheon of gods and so for the king to say i think that you're going to be loyal to me and i can trust you even though we disagree on religion that tells you the kind of person nehemiah was right right right. that he showed himself to be full of integrity he showed himself to be uh loyal to the king in the context of i'm not going to do anything to bring you to harm right Mm -hmm. i i'm going to serve you loyally and faithfully and that that is a a quality that frustratingly is not as prevalent in the modern world loyalty yeah i would agree loyalty and integrity what yeah, and especially just something like an employer. I guess right. if we're <laughs> well, this in this context, a master, yeah, a, a owner. I mean, essentially, right? Uh, you know, he might be a staff member, but he's still, as you said, a subjugated individual people group. Mm-hmm. Um, and to have the integrity to work. And that's, you know, Paul talks about that in the New Testament, right? He's, he says, you know, slaves obey your masters even when they're not looking. Why? To, sh- to prove to them that you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, who holds you to a higher standard. Mm. Which is, that could lead us into an entirely different uh, sort of conversation this evening. But I think it's a, it's a valid one. Nehemiah yep. has shown himself to be the kind of person that could step into leadership because he's proven himself in the small things, Mm, mm -hmm. the day-to-day things, the, you know, I have a hard time in, in the history of, of the different jobs that I've worked. I've always found it easier to work under leadership that I know has been in the have been in the trenches, as it were, kind of metaphorically, who have done what I've done and know what know what that role looks like than yeah. I ever have to leadership who had some sort of degree that meant that they jumped over the the grunt work. Sure. Does that make sure. sense? Oh yeah. Or leaders that I know that if if push came to shove, they'd join me in the trenches. Yeah. Um, not afraid to get dirty. <laughs> yeah, not afraid to get into the mess. Not afraid to get 
uh, to, to be where the need is and uh, to be loyal to the God that we serve, right? Where it's not about, I'm leader, you need to listen to me because I'm an authority. And by this position, I, I can demand certain things. It's more of a, we are working, especially in the case of Nehemiah or in the case of the Christian church today, we're working for a higher mission, right? We're working for God. We're not working for human beings. We're not working, even within the confines of the Salvation Army, we're not ultimately working for the glory of the Salvation Army. Right. If we are, we've missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> we're working for the glory of God. And Nehemiah here is working for the glory of God for a very practical reason of trying to save people from, you know, being harassed and harangued by rebels and warlords who keep tearing into Jerusalem and killing and slaughtering people. So, wow, that took a different turn than I, than I thought, but that's okay. It's good. <laughs> it happens occasionally with us. <laughs> so in the in the so in this book something that's pretty cool is um it does um you know kind of taking it personal right because whenever you're studying scripture um it could be sometimes right where you can uh either take it to just study it for the history or and kind of miss the um, what can we learn from it? Or you can just go to like everything that happened to other people is to teach me something, which right. is also unhelpful. Um, but but I like the exercise in here, which is a little bit of um, developing, you know, taking these principles, right? Mm -hmm. um, how can you, um, ugh, my brain is not, my tongue is not wanting to say what my brain wants to say. How can you um, take that right in development of your own leadership? Yeah. Um, so I, I like what he starts to talk about is, uh, and I, I know that the book is going to continue in this about the relationship with Nehemiah and Ezra. Mm -hmm. um, in that if you are looking at this simply from a spiritual point, mm -hmm. Nehemiah is not the leader at all. Ezra is the leader. Um, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> God actually uses multiple people on, on teams like that to do his bidding. But it also brings in the kind of thing about every leader starts somewhere, right? Nehemiah's mm -hmm. story opens with him, um, a subjugated man of high integrity, being cut bare to the king and hearing some devastating news, right? Yeah. And so then it poises the question, where is your story starting? Right. Um, because, you know, what... Um, you know, that great thing when you when you have a, you know, a young child or something and one of the great ways to motivate them is, is to show them hero, your heroes and to say all, where all these people were once where you are. Right. Yeah. Yep. And if and we talked about this last week, if God can do it for them, he can, can do it for us. And mm -hmm. uh, how just exciting that is. Um, but I had this fun exercise. Mm -hmm. So um, are you if it's OK, Jenny, I think yes. we can move into this, but it says, um, if you were to write an autobiography of your leadership journey to this point, and I would hearken to say everybody has some sphere 
of influence and leadership. Yep. No matter what. Yep. Even um, if your positional authority is not leadership, you right. have, you are a leader in some facet, even if positionally you aren't. Right. Which yep. positionally, Nehemiah had no authority. <laughs> really, he just was some dude's butler, right? Really. I mean, I guess in that household, he might have had a higher rate, but you know what I mean. Um, so so um, begin by choosing a title of the book that sums up your experience and name each stage of your journey. Um, combine the chapters into a table of context, contents. Be creative. Let the names and chapters realistically describe a pilgrimage that has its starts, stops, detours, dilemmas, intersections, and turning points. So the author told him that his journey was called Astounding Grace because he came to leadership against overwhelming odds. Um, and so I didn't get I didn't get necessarily into uh, chapters, but did you uh did you come up with a name for your for your book for your autobiography coming soon i, I did so a podcast near you okay <laughs> yeah maybe maybe this would be a fun little oh my god divergent <laughs> thing right maybe yeah the, uh, the story of our autobiography is based on these chapter headings um <laughs> yeah so i actually put as the as the title of mine um the proof is in the pudding as the as the title for my quote unquote autobiographical uh, story, and the reason is is because my entire life, pretty much, I've been pretty skeptical about things. I I generally do not take things as they as people tell them to me. I'm very skeptical, and so including my walk with the Lord, very skeptical as as we've talked about here on the podcast, but. So for me, um, saying the proof is in the pudding in the concept of uh, as I've learned and as I've grown and as I've experienced, I've seen proof in the in the pudding, in the experiential, in the has, how things lived out in daily life. And so especially when considering um, both my walk of faith, how I came to Christ and how I've lived in Christ as I've once I came to him. But also as I've been a leader or my leadership development is every stage of the story, you know, because when you get to certain points and we're going to learn this in this book in Nehemiah, the, as he develops his leadership, every time there's a growing pain, right? That new level of leadership, that new position, that new scenario, that new experience, that new challenge requires development, requires learning. And so for me, each of those kind of levels of development, whether it was, you know, becoming a Christian, going to college, going overseas as a missionary, you know, even when I worked at the grocery store, when I got to the Salvation Army, each of those, you know, kind of times, mm -hmm. the proof had to come out in the pudding. Like, is this real or is this not real? Is this going to work or is it not going to work? And being able to kind of experientially work through those those that path that pilgrimage as it were of faith is so that's hence proof is in the pudding yep that reminds me of that hymn right jesus jesus how i trust him oh how i proved him more and more mm -hmm. jesus jesus precious jesus 
Oh, for grace to trust mm-hmm. him. Right. Yep. Exactly. That same kind of thing. Like, but the proof is in the pudding with him. Yeah. He has proven himself to be faithful again and again and again. Uh, and because of those, that faithfulness, that, that pattern of faithfulness, I can put my trust in him. I can put my faith in him for the next step in the journey, for the next step after that in the journey, for each of the stages of my development, of your development, of listeners' development. As we look back, you can see where God was at work. So proof in the pudding. I love it. I'd read that book. (laughs) I got to write it first. (laughs) And and y'all your free time. Yes. Copious free time <laughs> so how about you um yeah so for some reason uh <laughs> the, the name i kept coming back to was just really question mark <laughs> a girl you know a girl's guide to hot mess faith right <laughs> um i like and- it i think it's <laughs> apt <laughs> well and if you if you knew me um my friends who listen, like they would get like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, but um, you know, for most of my life, I I really, I really was a, a super annoyingly precocious person. Fair. And that just kind of like you, that was always my question. Really? Really? Cause yeah. I didn't I want it to make sense, right? Yeah. Um <laughs> and uh and I'd always be okay to uh, to push back a little bit on on things, but but not not like you don't know what you're talking about. But I say I I why would I listen to you if you don't even know what you're talking about? Right. Um, but also um, in my life of dealing with a lot of rejection trauma stuff, which I mean, um, which I'm dealing with now, and it's gross, but uh, <laughs> um, but. Yep. Uh, just pinpointing those types of things, right? Because all we need is Jesus and a little bit of therapy. Um, <laughs> maybe that could be my title of my book. But there you go. Uh, <laughs> but um, dealing with when 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 God did call me, I was really apprehensive about it and saying, "Really, right? Are you sure?" And then even having other people being like. Really? Really? And then looking at my husband and I and being like, really? <laughs> and then um, seeing really, how really. God has worked, um, uh, like his grace under our leadership. It isn't anything we've done. Yeah. But God has done amazing things mm-hmm. that don't make sense on paper. Right. Yeah. Um. And he still like doing things. <laughs> and and I and I just I really do like to, <laughs> to say we're just I we recognize our hot mess mm-hmm. that we're but I know that God isn't and I can trust I can yeah. trust that he can do amazing things with unamazing people. Absolutely. And for me, the proof is in the pudding, Jenny. There you go. That he's done it. Really? Right? So, really? <laughs> really? Really? really yeah yeah <laughs> well i think i think let's let's not say unamazing you could say ordinary but i even that man amanda you're not ordinary there's nothing ordinary about you 
you're extra ordinary. I am extra of this. Is no, that you're I extra ordinary. <laughs> extra. It's, it's extraordinary, but I'm emphasizing. I heard, anyway. I heard what I heard. Don't worry. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. <laughs> so, friends, as you're listening, as you're thinking, so we haven't really jumped too far into Nehemiah's story, but if you were to look at your your life now, right in this moment, what would your story autobiography title be? Hmm. What, where has God worked in your life? Where is he working currently in your life? And then, and I think we should, I, th- I think I want to flesh this out a little bit more because he had yeah. the, the author of this book had chapter headings kind of in each state of stage of his life. And, uh, you know, frustratingly, I just, I haven't kind of fleshed that well, out. He's much older than us. I'm assuming. Actually, I don't even He know. is. Well, if you look at the picture on the back of the book, he is um, at this juncture yeah, when he wrote the books. Hair, looks, so. looks like he's a little older than us. So we're we're like partway, halfway? Yeah. Ish? A <laughs> little less than half? Maybe over half? I don't know. It depends. We don't, you know, God doesn't guarantee anybody to, to any, any length well, of time, true. right? So that's no man is guaranteed tomorrow. Uh, at the same token, as we kind of work through what are those chapters in that book, where has God, and this is this is a helpful exercise for any of us. I was just talking about this uh, today at church, the concept that one of the reasons we can have faith in God is because not our faithfulness, but his faithfulness, and we can look back and see the promises of God fulfilled in our life. And be encouraged mm-hmm. by those promises and encouraged by seeing God faithfully work in each step as we journey. And that can help us, especially during times of turmoil or struggle or chaos, where we can say, no, I know that God has been here for me in the past. I know he's been faithful in the past. He's going to continue to be faithful in the morning or in the today, well, in the morning too. But uh, why? Because he can't not be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's God will always be faithful to his promises and his promises are, are, are many. One of which I will never leave you nor forsake you. One of which is I'm working all things to the good for those who love me in Christ Jesus. Another one is I will not let you go through the valley of the shadow of death without me there with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And if if we look at our journey, whether whether we think of it in terms of leadership or not, if we only think of it in terms of our pilgrimage of faith, our walk of faith, what does that story look like? Because the other thing that I think can be supremely helpful as we look back and think about our our autobiography in faith is that it can be a stepping stone to sharing what Jesus has done in our life with others. Yeah. One of the things that, that I also talked about today is that we often forget because we're very caught up in the now, right? The world revolves around now. Mm, mm -hmm. And the fact is that the now has ramifications for eternity. And if we remember that the now, the momentary light and momentary troubles, as scripture calls it, um, that they're temporary, and that eternity is a far longer span of time <laughs> that we should be passionate about sharing what Jesus has done and is doing 
in our lives to encourage those around us, both those in the faith and those yet to come to faith. Because mm-hmm. for me, everything comes back to sharing the good news. Everything comes back That's to right. how does my story bring glory to God and to show people his love that he has for them. And what a great blessing, right? That our our, our challenges can be turned into something so good. Mm-hmm. And Nehemiah at the beginning of his story had zero idea yep. the ramifications yep. that rebuilding the temple or building the walls so that the temple could be protected so that people could be preserved yeah (laughs) like and then so on and so on like so good good stuff any final thoughts tonight oh i think i just gave it right well i i mean any final thoughts beyond what you just gave oh i see hmm and if you don't that's okay too that's all right i just uh be thinking about your own sphere of leadership yeah um because we talked a little bit about that positional um and one thing they say about if you try to operate out of positional authority, which means um, I'm the boss, so I say so or whatever. Um, all it does is create other pockets of leadership for good or ill. Yeah. That are out, outside of what you probably want to be happening. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, everybody has some some form of uh, of influence. Everybody. And that's that's a hill I'll die on. Um, actually, yeah. that's one of my big things, but, um, everybody in the, in the kingdom of heaven matters. And, Amen. Uh, and so, um, think about where you are right now. Think about your testimony. Mm-hmm. Um, but think about, remember that God is playing this 3d chess of your life where you can only see a, a game of checkers. He is moving things so far ahead. Right. You can't even, you can't even imagine. And sometimes we don't even see it until we do take those steps back and say, whoa. Yeah. That's been done even in my life. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's where I'm going to encourage um, to ponder on this week. Yeah. Is those and we all have some sort of leadership. Even mm-hmm. like, like I said, even if it's not positional, even if we don't think we do, there are people who look to us. Mm-hmm. There are people who we can speak into. There are people who we can pray for and care about and love. Mm-hmm. And as as Amanda says, and we say routinely, everyone matters in the kingdom of heaven. There's there's no acceptable loss. Yes. Remember that phrase? I, lo- I love, I mean, there are no acceptable losses in the kingdom of heaven. Yep. And we throw people away like they're trash all the time. And it hurts. And I do it. I do it without thinking sometimes because you just get caught up in the moment. And then you look back and you're like, what was I thinking? But that, God yeah. can redeem those things. He, he can. Absolutely. And he does. And I've seen him do it. I've seen him. I've seen him fix messes that I've created. I've seen him. Uh, reconcile relationships that I did not make any strives to do to myself, right? Like just coming in and, and fixing, but uh, yeah. Oh, good stuff. I love talking to you, Amanda. This has just been a wonderful time. 
hopefully uh, listeners out there have enjoyed our conversation. Uh, we will continue uh, next week as we continue to talk about this book, Becoming yeah. the Amaya by David McKenna. When I looked it on them on Amazon, it was like six bucks. Yeah, it's not very expensive. It's not very oh. big. It's not very long. It's not a hard read. It's it's very practical. Um, the the assignments are actually the little things at the end of each chapter. Chapter I think are helpful as you think mm-hmm. on and ponder about your own leadership and leadership development. Um, it's probably you know it's not convol- high highfalutin convoluted stuff. It's very pragmatic, very practical, uh, very straightforward, which is what I appreciate because I don't have time for convoluted. Too much, too much there. So, all right. Without any ad- other ado, we're gonna. I'm. I'll end like we end. Right? Sounds good. Yeah. All right. God bless. What? No, I'm for it. Oh, okay. Ah, God blesses us. Why? So we can be a blessing to others. All right. Catch you guys next time. <laughs> <laughs>